Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fez Buddy and Killing Bird. Everybody, welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. As always, Killing Bird and Ron Fez, buddy, here with you. How are you doing today, man? I am good. What's up, KB? Not a lot. Well, I should say not a lot. Because <laughs> actually, a, a lot. <laughs> Every time uh, I talk to you, you're like, I can talk for three minutes because I have to plan this thing, or <laughs> I got to go rent the car, I got to go figure out flights. So, yeah, things have been a little frantic. We, we, uh, we start off lying to the listeners. Way to, way to build trust with your audience. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been kind of it's been kind of nuts. I, yeah. I, I never realized how much was involved in um, moving temporarily. So yeah. Yeah. that's kind of what I'm preparing for, and it's 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 involving a lot, shipping a lot of boxes, which has been my biggest nightmare. But that's all right. I won't complain. And for those who don't know what he's talking about, uh, we are getting ready to move the TPE family to Las Vegas for the World Series of Poker. Um, we got a house, the TPE Compound. Yeah. Word. Um, TPE Pros start rolling in, I guess, Monday, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Sunday, actually, Sunday. I guess. Casey, yeah. Casey, Casey arrives Sunday, right? Yep. Cool. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of planning, but it's all set, and we are ready to descend upon Vegas and hopefully take some bracelets home with us. Yeah, it should be as simple as just packing up a few bags, but unfortunately we also have to ship out T-shirts and hoodies and, you know, all these other promotional items and, uh, you know, in order to do the podcasts and stuff that we'll be doing from out there, we need to ship out extra monitors and right. keyboards and right. <laughs> you can't really get all that stuff done on just a laptop, so. Yeah, let's, yeah, all right, we're not going to bore you guys with the details yeah. <laughs> of our, uh, our but logistics. <laughs> but but yeah, we want you to feel bad for us. I'm super psyched, I can't wait get out there yeah me too I'm, I'm excited i mean you know we're both family guys so i'm, I'm definitely gonna miss my family and all that sad stuff but uh but it's gonna be a fun summer I'm, I'm really looking forward to it absolutely so have you been playing any poker lately uh not a ton uh, i've been playing a little bit of live cash as i think we talked about on the last podcast but even that has fallen to almost nothing just with all the craziness that's going on but I, you know i've been putting a few sessions on Merge. I started playing on Carbon, and then when when Casey signed his deal with Lock, um, I moved over there. Right. And in my first session there, uh, final table of the tournament. So sweet. Um, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying playing on the Merge network. Yeah, we were deep in the three R together, right? The other night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think we were both in it with like 32 people after. Yeah, I final tabled it. I know you didn't. I final tabled it. That's right. Yeah, but we might have got a nice <laughs> piece of content out of it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we actually um. For TPE members, we recorded. Um, we actually got Ween on the line too, and we recorded without seeing each other's screens um, and not talking about the hands during the course of the hand. We got Ween on, we got on Skype, and the three of us just kind of talked about the hands afterwards. So we kind of did like a live sticking it to the man where Ween was dealing with two men. <laughs> I was trying to stick two guys. <laughs> what, what's new? <laughs> Jesus. All right, we'll get that important advice right there now. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so we, we kind of had the three of us on, and, like, I'd be watching. So I was recording the screen so that so you could see my whole – you couldn't see, but the viewers, the, the, the members will see my whole cards, and you couldn't see them, so you didn't, you know, and we didn't talk about the hands until after. But at the same time, when you were in a hand, I had your screens up, and then we would talk about it after. And I think that was a really interesting type of content because um, we got to, like, see it live. And, and you know, like, <laughs> I think the most common thing we'd say was, oh, I don't know what to do here. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, man, should I shove? Man, should I? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then we'd talk about the hand afterwards. Right. Yeah, usually people's reply was, well, good luck, whatever you decide, because yeah, right. <laughs> we have no idea what you're looking at. Like, it's right. like, well, he might have ace-king or he might have sixes. I don't know. Right, right. But it was definitely interesting. I have, hopefully we'll get a chance to try it again sometime. I, I think we should try it again. The problem is we only got one, we only got one video out of it because, um, you know, we started it when we were both near final tables. And, you know, those tournaments go pretty fast. So, um, and I, bu- I think we both busted pretty early at the final table. So, um, but otherwise it was, it was a, it was a cool, cool, um, thread, a cool, uh, video to make. Um, yeah, I, I've been playing too, you know, uh, not the f- four or five nights a week that I used to play, probably more like two or three nights. Um, it's just been busy here too with the kids and the house and getting ready for Vegas and stuff. So I'd probably be playing more if it wasn't for that. But, um, but yeah, I'm still playing. I, I'm, and I'm getting my fix at least. I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy to have a place to play because honestly, there was a point a couple months ago, or, or I guess a month ago, where I didn't think that was going to be the case. So right, right, and you know, and we're crossing our fingers because there was the recent, you know, crackdown in Maryland on the Yada Hey Network, which had Doyle's Room and I forget what was the other uh, uh, True Poker, right? Which aren't you know not big rooms, but not good signs for other sites that are serving U.S. customers. Although, from what I understand, um, these investigations are not unknown. They, they've been under investigation for a long time, and they've known they, people have known they've been under investigation, so it's not like they were just sprung upon. And even the, the PokerStars, um, Full Tilt, AP, they, that was public knowledge that there was an investigation. So, yeah. And there's no public knowledge of investigation on Merge, uh, which doesn't mean they're bulletproof, obviously, but... Right, but at least it's some positive sign. Yeah, and I hope they don't take it away because I love it. <laughs> I'm just, like, yeah, good. I uh, I final table that three. I I I literally final table something every time I I, I go in there. Final table that three R the other night. I final tabled a PLO ten rebuy tonight. <laughs> Actually, just wrapped it up before we started recording. Um, nice. I, I finished fourth though because I got a, a boat under a boat. Nothing you could do. Uh, yeah. Um, and he hit the boat, his higher boat in the river after we got it in on the turn. So what can you do? Um, but yeah, it's, it's been fun and I'm loving my PLO. I'll tell you that much. Well, you got a crash course in it and apparently it worked. Yeah. It's been cool. And, and, uh, uh, part three, um, of that will be coming out shortly. So, um, for those of you who are loving the Halo Wax PLO series, that's, that's still continuing. There's one more part to go, uh, before he moves to preflop. So, uh, Very cool. Yeah, that brings me into schedules and our plans for Vegas. Uh, what are your plans for tournaments? What are you going to be doing? Uh, well, pretty much, I think I'm going to spend most of my time over at the Venetian, just due to my bankroll. Right. Um, you know, might mix in some smaller WSOP events, um, but we'll just kind of see how it goes. Right. But but I think, you know, the, and we'll get into some of this with the pros later, but I think that those structures for the Venetian are really good, so they are. Um, I'm going to play over there a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully make some runs. Yep. Uh, and if not, I'll just go sweat the big dog wherever he's at, because I'm sure he'll be deep in everything. So. Yep. so you're going for the whole thing, right? Yeah, pretty much be there the entire summer. I'm coming home for a week uh, for my birthday just to visit family and... And I figure I'll be ready by then to yeah. uh, to escape Vegas Most for a little, for a little while. Take like a week off somewhere, from what I you know what I've seen. Yeah, or at least it's advised or it's a good idea to do that. Yeah, I think the longest I've ever been in Vegas is like a week, wow. and I'm usually ready to go home by like day four or five. So yeah, yeah, I was in Vegas last week for the day job, and I was ready to go after four days. So yeah, I do think this will be a little bit different having the fact that we have the house as opposed to staying in a hotel and stuff yep. like so you know when you want to take a day off you can literally take a day away from the casino and just chill out and go see a movie or just do whatever you want to do right right uh, so i think that's going to help but um but it'll still be a long a long summer but but definitely one that i'm looking forward to cool yeah i'm coming in for two trips um i can't i don't have the you know the time the ability to go uh, for the whole summer, um, so I will be going for a week in June, you know, around the TPE workshop, which is on June 10th, and for a week at the end, um, you know, the main event. I'm not playing the main event. Um, the main event is on my wife's birthday every year, <laughs> so um, I'm taking this one off um, by her request, and you got to keep the, the wife happy. Um, yes. She's usually very cool about it, but, um, you know. She's one of those. She's a woman who doesn't love her birthday, so that's <laughs> one. Um, and so, uh, so we're gonna take. I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna skip this one, which kind of pains me because I feel like I'm so much better than I was the last two times I played it. <laughs> and I just want right. to play, but um, but not for me. But I'm gonna come in the week before the main event because there's a couple of more tournaments. There's another couple of nice Venetians, and then there's the two plus two party um, at the win on the seventh, which I definitely want to go to. Yeah, that'll be good times. And I know you're uh, you're debating between playing a peel out and no limit hold'em tournament, so maybe we can get some uh, insight from yeah, the pros. Yeah, I want to hear from the pros what they think because I'm having so much fun playing PLO. Um, I'm thinking about playing the fifteen hundred. I'm not going to play anything big, but a fifteen hundred dollar PLO um, uh, World Series event, and I want to. But I have no experience with it. I have no idea how to gauge the skill level, my 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 expected value. I am you know by no means good at PLO. Um, I'm I think I might be a decent PLO tournament player, um, just because I seem to accumulate chips. Um, but I don't know if against you know if it's a field of specialists, it's probably not going to be the right place for me. Um, right. But if it's a field of like you know just guys taking shots, whatever, um, then it might be good for me. So, uh, so I'm gonna just uh, I want to talk to the pros about that because I'm sure that I know they've played PLO the World Series before and they can gauge the talent level. Yeah, well, and that kind of uh, kind of brings us to our main topic, which uh, we're going to bring the pros in to talk about, which is really just kind of WSOP prep yep. and basic conversation about a summer in Vegas. Yep. And that's what this show is uh, all about. We're going to be talking about the World Series for those of you. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll get a little strategy talk into, but primarily we're going to focus on just sort of what people should expect and uh, and how to sort of prepare for. Uh, whatever they might be playing while they're in Vegas this summer. So yeah, we'll have... I pulled a couple hands from the forum, um, live hands that members have played and they had questions on. So um, I want to, yeah, I want to talk about live because I find myself in, you know, some spots live that you don't find yourself as much in. Um, you know, people people calling out a position. And, you know, I mean, online, obviously the games have evolved and people play better. Um, but when you have players who do things that are unorthodox, more so live than 
or just passive. Um, sometimes I find myself in spots where I'm not quite sure what to do because, you know, structures are different. Things move faster. Stacks yep. get shallower. Um, you know, the cost of, you know, carrying out and executing some moves might be more. So that's the, uh, that's some stuff I want to talk to the pros about too. Cool. Cool. Well, sounds good. So we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Big Dog Pocket Fives and Ween here on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Tiers. This is Casey Big Dog Pocket Fives Jarzebeck from TournamentPokerEdge.com. If you've been looking for a trading site dedicated exclusively to tournament poker, then look no further. Tournament Poker Edge is only $23.95 per month with no initial sign-up fee and we post a new training video every weekday. You also find poker-related articles, blogs, and very active strategy forms. We even offer you the ability to upload your own video for others to discuss. So head on over to TournamentPokerEdge.com and find out why it's quickly becoming the destination for tournament poker players looking to take their game to the next level. TournamentPokerEdge.com Welcome back, everybody, to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Time to bring in Casey and Ween. What up? <laughs> As you can hear, they're very excited to leave for Vegas in a few days. How's it going, guys? Oh. What? <laughs> well, they were excited a minute ago. Now they've lost all excitement. I just spent all my energy with that what up. <laughs> <laughs> great great uh, what's up guys so uh so when derek and i were just talking about this uh before the break but um when are you guys i guess I'll start with you john when are you when are you heading out john to uh to the world series is he underwater i think john drowned <laughs> oh my god someone r- rushed to john's house <laughs> he left he oh, left wow. the <laughs> he had to go catch a play it's a 10 25 game that he had to get to I guess he's arriving now and he's on a flight. <laughs> right, while, he, um, while he dries himself off, what about you, Casey? When are you heading out to the World Series? I will actually be at the TPOs uh, before anyone. I arrive at 10.30 in the morning on the 29th. Nice. So I will be there right from the very beginning and staying for the duration. Wow. So if you want an autograph, you know to be at the airport <laughs> in Las Vegas at 10.30 a.m. Here's the thing. I fly into the secret terminal. <laughs> this, it's not a joke. Like because I fly Air Canada, they have their own terminal in. I don't know if anybody knows this in Vegas. So when you ah. fly, you're literally the only person in the airport. You walk out. Ah, it's awesome. Is yeah. it like like a dog's mouth? Yeah, it's like, like literally. There's one little tiny suitcase thing to get where you pick up your luggage. There's nobody waiting, so it's really good on Air Canada. I don't know why they got their own terminal, but it's really nice when you fly into Vegas. I'm gonna fly to Ontario. <laughs> from New York. <laughs> <laughs> you must be leaving really early to get there at 10.30 in the morning. Or are you taking a red eye? No, well, my flight leaves 8.30 in the morning um, yeah. from Toronto. And then, Deep. obviously, uh, you have the time time difference. Yeah. Right. So it's a five-hour oh. flight, so I get there at 10.30 Vegas time. Yeah, I, guess, yeah, I guess it's just because it's a direct flight. I guess mine's not all that long either. I was debating last year playing the main event heading out that day. <laughs> I was thinking of catching, like, a 6 a.m. flight for day one. I did that uh, last year. You did that? How did it work out yeah. for you? I flew out at 6 a.m. that morning. And had, 
Oh, wow. That's what that's exactly what I was thinking of doing. And did you feel tired from it or, or no effect? I mean, I busted the end of the day one, but... You still sound tired from that plate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, John, when you come out? I am coming out. Hold on. Let me look. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> I'm going out the eighth. All right, yeah, I'm coming out the day after you. Cool, so we're coming out at the same time. So that gives Derek and Casey time to bond before we get there. Casey and I will already have shipped like four tournaments by the time you guys get there. At least two. At least by that, by that I mean Casey will have one four and I'll have one zero. <laughs> we'll blind it out. <laughs> yeah. But I'll have gone down fighting. He'll be nursing his three K or three big blind stack somewhere. <laughs> Casey will just be shoving over me every time. Get me off the table. So speaking of, let's go through the uh, the calendar and talk about some of these events. Um, so the, if, if you guys, uh, you know, I'm looking at the, the World Series calendar. So first off, what I noticed is there's uh, continuing the trend from last year, a lot of the 1500 and the $1,000 events. Um, and I think, I know I'm going to be playing a bunch of those. Um, I'm guessing a lot of our members will be playing a bunch of those. Uh, you know, I guess... The question I have for you guys, just starting with those, is what should people expect in those, you know, fifteen hundred or thousand dollar buy-in tournaments? Um, I, can, from what I look at, the, the structure seems pretty shallow. Just how fast does it go, and, and how how should you be prepared? You know, what, what should you expect when you get to the late, you know, the middle levels or, or whatever? You guys I played, played two of those fifteen hundreds last year, uh-huh. and um, went super deep in both. <laughs> 150th in both, like 3,000 people. Um, okay. If you can get some chips early, it's really easy just to keep building and building. Like, I think in both both of them, I was, like, top five in chips at the end of day one with 150K. So it is shallow, but if you can just find a spot early and, like, double once, then you can just put on the uh, big dog hat and just start pillaging people. So, so it's really not that bad. You start with three times the buy-in, right? So, like, if, for a $1,000 event, you start with, like, 3K chips? That's exactly oh. right, yes. Right. And so then – I'm going to pull up the structure here. So then, like – because I'm trying to envision how it's going to go. 2550, so, then 50, uh, 100. There's, there's, they don't miss many levels. Right. So, so I mean, you're, people get shallow pretty quick because, you know, you only are starting with 4,500 chips. If you play Killing Bird style, by the time you're at level three, you have, like, 3,500 chips in the big blinds 2K. Right. So the people get shallow pretty quick. I usually have like 67k at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no. The, the one k starts with three k in chips. So like right. level four is 75 150. So I mean that's that's four hours in. So you have you have four hours, but that's really not a lot of time. That's that's four you know it's four levels, and you're already if your starting stack is 20 big blinds. You right. have to double up by the second break, or you're effed. Okay, yeah. that's what like, I'm basically looking for. We, you have to expect, like, the field is cut. You know, they play down, I guess in these 1Ks they don't, but in most of these 1500s and 2K events, they play basically into the money on the first no, day. They, no. it, it, it's like 50 short, 50 yeah. or 100 people short. So neither, neither of the 1500s, we were in the money day one. We, it was day two both times. It's usually like an hour or two into day two where you make it, given the fact that hand-for-hand hand takes forever because all the dealers have to stand up and each hand's taking five or ten minutes. You know? Right. 
Right. But if you think about that, how much do they pay? Like 15% of the prize pool? Yeah, something like that. So maybe like 20% make day two? So you have to remember, 80% of the time, you're not making it to day two. You're basically going to bust pretty quick. So I think you have to have an expectation of, I'm either, you know, in this for the long haul, or I'm going to be out by like 3 o'clock Vegas time. They start yeah, at 12. Yeah, definitely try and get chips early or just like go play catch because... Like early first level, like are we are we going to? I, I wouldn't say first level, but second and third level, you really got to like. I mean, if you pick up something where you have a mediocre draw or something, you might want to take a gamble spot where in other tournaments you may not. Right. Now you're going to have a huge edge over people who don't really know that or don't have the ability to pull the trigger. Oh, that's right. what I'm saying. Like if you if you are one of those guys that doubles, then you can really exploit people that just have no idea that they should be watching for the structure or they're getting short or whatever. Like, live play on these tournaments are pretty bad. Right, right. Yeah, that that's what I'm looking at. So so you're thinking kind of got to double by the second or third level, and then from there you could probably start to play a more normal game because if you do double, you know, by the time you get to antes, it's level six, and you're at one, two with 25 ante at level six. I mean, at that point, you can play an MTT game between, you know, 30 big blinds or so. You should you should be okay. Is that – I haven't played one of these, so I'm just asking, is that, would, is that thinking correct? Like if, if, I get get that 30, if I get 30 big blinds when it gets to 100, 200, I'm, I'm making day two. Okay. All right. So, so you should be comfortable. So if you're at 1-2 with the 25 ante and you have, you know, like 7K or 8K, you're cool. feeling all right? Yeah, I'm feeling really good. Okay. Because, right. like, literally you can – there's so many more spots to pick off in, in these tournaments than online that, uh, I mean, you just fold when you get any resistance and other, and then you just continue to cage after that. Right. At least that's when my, my, um, experience with the whole thing. Yeah. I haven't made it past level three. Well, I mean, that's variance, right? Like obviously I'm winning my big flip early and you're losing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I only played, you know, four or five events last year, so. Yeah, I only played five two, and I happened to go deep in the two fifteen hundreds. But I only played five events too because after the last fifteen hundred, I got like eightieth place or eighty eighth place. Um, I just snap went home. Yeah, my yeah. grandma had a fake heart attack, so I had to go home. Oh, there you go. She was like, "I have a heart attack," and then I came home. She was like, "Oh, you know, I just had kind of chest pain." I'm like, "I'm already home." <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> yeah, I've only played one of these events in my life. But I feel like Casey's description is pretty accurate because it's pretty much what happened to me. Like three levels went by, and then all of a sudden I doubled up. And then, like, I think two levels later I doubled up again, but then I felt super comfortable. Like I had all kinds of chips. Well, for you, that would be like you could go home and have a nap and come back. Exactly. I I probably should have. It would have ended better for me, I'm sure. So it looks like the calendar is, um, except for the first weekend, every Saturday and Sunday is a 1,500 on Saturday and a – a thousand on Sunday, so we're going to get a lot of the weekend warriors um, out. Probably, they should be pretty decent sized fields, and it's it's basically every weekend. Um, when I when I originally made my schedule, I did not pl- was not playing any of the Sundays because I thought I would play online. I didn't. I totally forgot the fact that I'll now be playing the Sunday tournaments. <laughs> Isn't it very hard to make a schedule though? Because you don't know which day twos you're gonna. Yeah. It's it's more of the schedule so that you're covered for every buy-in in case you were... So if you run it absolutely as bad as you can, you know what you need? Yeah, exactly. Right. I see. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then what about the, um, what about the non, 
you know, the non-big field, shallow structure events. Um, are you guys playing any of the, the huge 25K, right? I'm, it's kind of crazy, 25K tournament right up front. Um, no, like, I mean, I'm not going to Vegas with 100K, so I, I would definitely, I would play it if it was a 10K, because I, last time I played the 10K heads up, um, I cashed. I got, like, 40 clicks or something. Right. But uh, that was without a buy, remember, John? That was a, yeah, I remember. I was a reporter back then. That's right. It was a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, 25K just seems absurd to me. So the first tourney I'll play is probably the 5K on June 2nd. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I'll that, play a couple Venetians before then. Right. So the 25K is on the 31st. It's the second event. And then there's a 5K event four. So you're going to play that. Right. Yeah, that looks good. And what kind of field is that? I'm, I'm assuming we expect that to be a, t- a tough field. Do you, do you expect it's a two, it's a Thursday? Um, there's going to be people in from that. Oh, they haven't had that big 1K yet, so I'm not sure. Probably not going to. Probably going to be a tough field. Um, not really afraid of any live field, to be honest with you. Yep. So I mean, yeah, it's going to be tougher than you know, some of some of the fields, but there's still going to be like so many soft spots in the tournament that I mean, it, there's definitely plus EV to play. Right. Right. Then the schedule rolls into a seven card stud, fifteen hundred, and a fifteen hundred limit hold'em. Do you guys play those games? I, I won't be playing any of those because uh I think I'm going to, if I can get off to a good start, try and win this Venetian leaderboard thing. Ah. So if there's not a good um WSOP tourney, although there's not as much glamour in it, I'm all about winning the money, so uh, I may try to win this Venetian thing. Okay. Let's yeah. uh let's look at that too. Hold on. Actually, let's 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 look at that after we go through the World Series schedule. Yeah, I want I want to talk about the Venetian too because I'm gonna be playing a couple of those. And yeah, I think that's even more suited and targeted to towards a lot of the people that are probably listening to this podcast. So that we should definitely cover those. Are you right. playing any any um any non limit non limit tournaments, John? Uh, yeah, I get in on the eighth, and there's a horse tournament on the tenth, but that's the same day as the TP seminar, so I have to skip that. But um, I probably I'm not gonna play the seven card stud championship because it's a 10k and you know I can't imagine I have much experience in tournament seven card stud fields. But I'll be playing like the eight game mixed on the 13th. Uh, that's that's one of 2500, right? Yeah, might play a couple of PLOs, play the 10 game mixed on the 16th. Uh, we'll probably. Try to get into the horse championship on the 21st, the 10K. Uh, we'll probably try to settle it into that. But I'll be playing a lot of the uh, mid-buy-in uh, mixed games. Interesting. Um, what about, are you? Are either of you guys playing any 10Ks aside from the uh, the main event? Um, I haven't really went through it, but I mean, if there's something worth playing, uh, I may do it. But I haven't really looked at it. Like I, I might, I may play the 10K six-handed. Because that right. sounds like fun, right? You know, but that's not right to the end of the series, so I guess I can kind of evaluate how I'm doing. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, there's a 10k. Um, so continuing with the schedule, there's a there's a 10k PLO, um, pretty early. It's event seven, and that's on a Friday. And then they go into that 1k, the first 1k, the five day mega 1k on Saturday the fourth of June. Right. Um, I'll probably play the 1k. I would never never put 10k into a game I'm not uh, not right. comfortable with. Yeah, I'm an old limit holdem specialist, pretty much, so that's what I'm going to be focusing my. Uh, oh, you have a you have a horse jersey, buddy. I know I did win a horse um 
FTOS, but uh, like I don't lie about the fact that I absolutely card racked uh, stud. I had rolled up <laughs> three of a kind so many times, like <laughs> it, it was like almost a, a joke. So, <laughs> I remember. I mean, I did final table the, an F-Tops horse again after that, so, so I started thinking maybe I was okay at it. But I still don't fool myself to know that I play it enough to, to put 10K into a buy-in. Seems pretty negative EV to me. Right. right. You play a lot of Deuce to 7, though, right, Casey? Are you going to play I do, that? I would have played the 10K Deuce to 7 100% for sure, but it's on the 9th, and the mm. workshop's on the 10th. So if I was to make day 2, I couldn't do the workshop. Right. So I'm uh, just there's a 1.5 on on the fourth, though, at the same time as that 1K. So you'd, uh, if you bust out of the 1K, if you don't win the that The problem pull-up. with that is um, it's no limit. Like, oh. I usually just play the 2-7 uh, low triple drop, right. which is uh, limit. So I'm not sure when that tourney is. Gotcha. Um, let's see. The 2-7 low triple – wait, what is it, 2-7 low triple draw? That's yeah. Yeah. Is, okay. is there even one? I know there was one last There's year. There's a 2,500 on the 28th. I will probably play that. Yeah, that's that that one I will probably yeah. play. Yeah, I missed go. it last year because I was in the 5K um, shootout. With yeah, that was a good idea to play that tournament. That was an easy table, huh? Oh, my God. That table was absurd. <laughs> <laughs> Who was at your table? Um, I had Joe Tehan. Uh, Commander Cool. Oh man. Bax. Uh, Charter. Um. God, there was a couple others too. Jesus, that's an um, awful K-Wob. table. There was a couple others. It was like a really tough table. It ended up being me, Bax, and Charter three-handed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a dirty table. I remember reading the table draws before coming down and being like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, it was. It was. It was a nasty table. Right. As soon as I sat down, people started sitting down on, like, good game 5K. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then the week of the 6th, there's a lot of um, a lot of mixed games. Uh, Omaha, high-low, split 8 or better, 10K. There's a triple chance, 1500. Um, there is a no-limit shootout for 1500 on the 8th. Um, I'll definitely be playing fun. that one. Yeah, if that you're going to win a bracelet and, like, luck yourself to a bracelet, it's it's those kind of, of, of events. Right. You just gotta win three tables. Like I've won three sit and goes in a row a gazillion right. times in my life. Right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So those are good ones to play if you're just trying to get your first bracelet. Right. I love the shootouts. Yeah, shootouts are fun. I would um, love to play that. So then we move into the TPE workshop on the tenth, um, and then after that, it's the perfect thing because we have there's a like I said, a 1.5K on Saturday and a 1K on Sunday. And I know a lot of people from the workshop as well as just other TPE members are going to be playing in those. Um, so that should that be That honestly might be the one day I don't play um, a 1500 because the 10th is the workshop plus T Twist's birthday. Right. And I'll probably get, like, smashed where you guys have to, like, all of you have to get together to carry me home. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just par- we'll just march down the streets of Las Vegas carrying you. <laughs> so that might be the one day I'm, like – I'm not going to play. <laughs> yeah. You guys know me, and you know I don't drink. Casey got me so drunk last year at the World Series that I wasn't able to get up from the crazy for poker table we were at. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I, 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 um, I had a, I went on a conference last week for work, and I had a, a speech on Thursday morning at 8:30 a.m. and I was the keynote closing speaker, and we were out the night before at a, a customer party. 
and we were drinking, and everyone's like, are you, you know, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and everyone's like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I mean, you guys know I stay up all night playing poker and wake up in the morning and go to work. I'm, I'm usually normal. And I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. I was like, as long as no shots involved. And that was a stupid thing to say, because as soon as I said that, <laughs> I made a mistake, because all of a sudden I turn around and there's two shots waiting for me. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. <laughs> TV house is going to be a fun house. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so actually, for those of you listening, um, shoot us a, a, a an email or something, or if you're a member, PM us, or if you're not a member, you can email ronfezbuddy at tournamentpokeredge.com. We're going to be out on the night of the 10th celebrating T-Twist birthday. Um, so if anyone, you know, any podcast listeners want to join us, um, you can PM me or Derek or email me or Derek at tournamentpokeredge, and we'll, we'll tell you where we're going to be. I don't know. If, have we decided where we're going yet? We have, yes. I don't know. <laughs> if, oh, but uh, on a side note with the TPE members, if any TPM members um, like to shoot pool, I'm playing for $100 a game at the TPE house. <laughs> there we go. The gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> Very good. Well, I won't be playing pool against you because I'm awful. I, I, I'm not even good on Wii, so I'm not even going to try to play you in real I'm life. I'm not good either, but we'll just give it a shot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you guys see what I bought for the Vegas house? Um, I did. A blow-up dot? I saw. <laughs> it's, it's like, eight different video game systems and over 200 games. I had no idea, really? <laughs> yeah, I figured... My theory is I'm going to buy it. Uh, I put an offer in. I'm, like, negotiating back and forth. I'm just going to get it. It's, like, Sega Master Systems, uh, Atari Jaguar, like, all these video game systems that no one has ever had. In television. Yeah, like all types of random stuff. I figure I'll buy it for whatever it is, what it costs, and then I'll just donate it before I come back to, like, you know, uh, YMCA or some shit and get the... Nice. Uh, you know what I have is that Duck Hunter gun that you just plug into your TV and you play Duck Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Game. I absolutely <laughs> love that game. I'll bring that along. Somebody bring RBI Baseball. I love that game when I was a kid. I love it. Blades all right. of Steel. So now I have a question for you guys. I love that game. I have a question for you guys because you probably have played this tournament and I haven't. Um, on Monday the 13th, I am debating playing there's – a, there's a 1500 at the Venetian and a PLO at the World Series. Now it's a 1500 as well. And I've played, been playing PLO. I've been practicing. I'm obviously not an expert. Um, I'm still kind of a new, but what do you guys think the 1500 PLOs are like at – the World Series. Are they soft, hard? Or is it going to get a bunch of people who don't even know how to play the game but just want to play because they don't know no, better? Here, here's my opinion, okay? And I think this is pretty good. I, I'm, I have a friend, Kevin Botsky. Um, he is like a PLO specialist. That's all he plays pretty much online. He he used to be a no-limit guy, but the game kind of passed him by. He's a little too nitty. Um, but he plays PLO. And, like, he wins a lot of money on, on these if, if you were to search them. He, I staked him in a couple of Omaha tournaments. He, he's like, I couldn't win hands. Like, they're all these specialists. With these games, a lot of times specialists show up, and they're, and they're a lot tougher than the no limit ones. Even the fifteen hundred. Yeah, you, yeah, this okay. is what he's telling me. I mean, anybody who wants to hit, take a shot is not going to go take a shot. Like, just some random business guy who wants to win a World Series of Poker bracelet is not going to take a shot at a PLO tournament. He's going to okay. try a no-limit tournament. So okay. a lot of these mixed games have a lot more specialists than the no-limit. That's what I've been told. 
Okay, that's the information I was looking for. I wasn't sure what to expect it. I wasn't sure if it was just going to be soft because it was, it was a, a cheap buy-in or if it was going to be specialist. So that and, and because there's a $1,500 at the Venetian the same time, all the, the no-limit players are going to go play there. So they're not even going to be – they have no incentive to stay there and take a shot, really. Right. They're, so, you know, I mean, I think that's going to be a tougher field than, yep. say, any 1500 no-limit for sure. Okay. okay. Cool. Well, that answers the question. I was I, I want to play a PLO tournament, but, you know, like a, a live one, but I guess that's not the one to take a shot in. Yeah, Honestly. I mean, I, I will, I'm going to be playing the Venetian for sure because yeah. – I'd be ta- – if you want a bracelet, that's the tournament to be taking a shot in, though. I don't – I mean, bracelet would be nice, but it's not – the I mean, maybe you can get a full tilt deal. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole reason why everyone played bracelet events. They were all like, "Oh, I get a deal with full tilt. I can get a deal with stars." Right. Now, what does a bracelet even matter? I'm going to be at Binions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So then, at the same time, there's that. Eight, is that the eight game mix? It's the the 13th, John. That's the one you're playing. Yeah. That's like a fun tournament. Because, like, I want the bracelet. I just want my picture to show my mom. <laughs> See. So I made it. All right, then there's a 5K shootout on the next day. Casey, that sounds like you want to play that. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to get the exact same table as last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's a couple of stud tournaments, a couple of the limit championship is that week. Yeah, um, I'm playing the stud high low later better on the 14th. I'll play the six handed on the 15th. Uh, wow, you're like, a on the 16th. you're like a real poker player. Ten game on the sixteenth. I'm not real a real poker player. It's like lighting money on fire. <laughs> uh, I think I know how to play two of the games in the ten game mix. So I could yeah. probably play it and win it, but I'd rather just not. You know. Yeah. It seems like it seems like a withered bracelet to have. Well, a lot a lot of work to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get there. Plus, we have duck hunt to play back at the yeah, house. Exactly. That's uh, a nice buck. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna need a bigger truck. <laughs> now they throw another fifteen hundred in on on that Thursday, um, and then they're back to another fifteen hundred on that 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 Saturday and a thousand dollar on that Sunday. With a, Diego, a, you're all business today, eh? That's you right. Don't get any jokes in. You're just like back to the schedule, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to keep this train moving. <laughs> he got his advice on whether. I feel like I've been shunned to the back of the classroom. <laughs> Face the corner, Casey. <laughs> Sorry, Casey. Here's your hat. Stand in the corner. It's just that it's 60 goddamn events to get through. <laughs> so many so many tournaments on the schedule. <laughs> and I am not going through every one, every $1,500 seven-card Sorry, card. Diego. <laughs> now, the horse championship, is anyone playing that? I will try. Is Diego. that the 10K? That's the 10K. I'm not going to light 10K on fire, but I'll, I'll shoot my wad on a satellite or two. I mean, I'm more likely to take a shot in a tournament like that if I'm having a really good series and I, you know, I banked 100k or 200k already. Right. Then I'm more likely to throw 10k and in, in something like that. But uh, as of right now, I would say I'm not playing it. Man, I hope someone makes a final table while I'm there. I would love to be watch a friend at a final table at the World Series. Has anyone done that? Have Have you guys been? Have you sweat a final table? Brian, oh, yeah, Lem- Brian Lemke won a uh, bracelet. You were there for that one? Yeah, I was there for that one too. Nice. I've probably sweated probably 50 of my friends make a final table. I was a reporter, so that's all I did. Oh, that's true. So right. Hopefully right. a TPE um, yeah. founder can make a final table, because that'd right. be great. Yep, you know? I agree. I hopefully, agree. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully the fattest TPE <laughs> can 
make fun of table. I think that would be, be really I'm going to be eating a lot until uh, until I can't I be he's, he's, he'd be the easiest guy to see from the rail. So. <laughs> oh, we have to make bigger patches for our fatter founders. Oh, I was going to say, if any TP member wants to wear a patch, just email killingbird at turnbookers.com or yep. PM I'll be there all, pretty much all summer, so I'll be happy to meet up at the Rio or at the Venetian. Steve Zalatow t-shirts. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to find him and give him another one. <laughs> I don't know. Steve Zalatow's pretty small. He could actually wear those shirts. Doubt it. Um, okay. Back to the Here's, schedule, Diego. Back to the schedule, guys. All right, so then there are, um, after the Horse Championship, once again, the rest of that week, or a couple of there's a 1500 on the 22nd. Then there's a, a PLO mix, um, uh, uh, PLO and Omaha mix 2500. Like then it. an NL 5K six-handed. I, I like that one. Yeah, that one. Looks I won't go near that one. <laughs> I played. Anyone... I played a, I played a six max tournament a couple of years ago at the World Series. It was I think it was a 2500, and my table was the Waco kid. Poker Jammers, Chris Ferguson, <laughs> um, Andy, Andy Block, and oh, or someone else. It was like the dirtiest table of all time. Ugh. Yeah, so I will never play a six-handed tournament again. Scarred, huh? I think AMAC was the other one. It was ridiculous. Wow. Remember you were... Uh... Um, reporting on my six max WSOP tourney, and then uh, Crazy Marco made that crazy five bet on me, and then showed. Oh, I remember that. That, that was, was a six max tourney. Two thousand seven. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy Marco owning the big dog. I remember that Houdini. Houdini was at your table too, if I remember. Yeah, it was a tough table. God, you guys make it sound like the only people at that play in these tournaments are good online players. Well, the only play people you have to worry about are. Right. I guess that the only the only tables that are memorable are the ones where you got those draws, right? Right. So, Casey, you're going to play the five-handed six max. What about the – I'm sorry, the 5K six max. What about the 10K on the 27th? I mean, again, it's going to be depending on how um, I've been doing. Like, right. I'm not going to keep shoving 10Ks, like, just lighting them on fire. I really don't want to go down 100K at this series. Yeah. But if, I, if I'm, like, you know, floating around even or up money, then for sure I would definitely play that. Right. That makes sense. I'm not afraid sense. of any six-handed field as long as there's no limit. Hold them. Right. Right. And how many players do you guys think the 50K Poker Players Championship on July 2nd is going to get? What did, does anyone know what Gota got last year? Got, like, 145 or something like that? I don't even remember. Yeah, I mean, sure if I'm up 50K, uh, I would play that. Oh, yeah? I mean, if I'm up 50K and I'm right. pre-rolling it, why not? Right. Yeah. I would love to play that. Yeah. <laughs> I bubbled a 50K horse satellite in 2008. Oh, really? Yeah, t- like, first was a 50K seat, second was, like, 43K, and I got third. Oh, my God, that's awful. Yeah. Fuck. <sighs> Gross. Was third was third exactly zero dollars. Zero dollars and zero cents, yeah. Ugh. And the guy, the guy that got, that won it had like three big blinds, so I figured once I got heads up with the one guy, I would work on a chop, like right. have like five percent of them in the main or whatever, or vice versa, and then I bubbled. Ugh. That's awful. I had like ten k to my name. That was a good decision. <laughs> 
do you guys know which days in the main event you're playing? Like, do you plan in advance day one, day four? I mean, day one A, day one B, day one C, day one D? Or day one B. Day one B? I haven't really is, even thought about it. Yeah. It's the Friday. Day one B. I will get there the night before. Right. Oh, you're going home and then coming back. Yeah. I, I, I have a fiance. I'll, I'll lose her if I don't. It's kind of interesting to see the, the difference in approach between Ween and Big Dog to the series, where Ween is kind of like, I'm playing this event, this event, that he's got kind of all lined up, and he knows which day he's playing yeah. for the main. And Casey's like, eh, if I'm feeling good, I might play that. Probably won't play that because I'll be hungover. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what day I'm going to play. I'll figure it out when it gets there. I mean, I, I, I understand what Ween's doing because he wants to have his buy-in straight, but for me it just doesn't make sense because, you know – some days I just won't feel like playing, and if, you know, my bankroll is taking a massive hit, I'm not going to want to dump 10K into a tournament the next day. Right. You know, right. you could easily That's drop 150 grand in this, you know, this seven, eight weeks. That's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, no right. doubt. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Casey, I, I sold pieces of my events, so I had to get everything straightened out and whatnot. And yeah, all right. That's a big difference. It's not, so that's probably the main difference between our approaches. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's a big difference. Yeah, I definitely don't think that either is like a better approach or anything. I just it's just kind of interesting to see the dynamics because I've certainly never gone out to play this long of a series before, so I don't, don't even know what my approach is or I'm should ex- be. I'm excited for the ladies event on the first. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be a leech hanging out trying to pick up women. No, I'm gonna play in it like Sean D. <laughs> Get some publicity. You're much prettier than him, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, speak- go on. No, I was going to say, speaking of planning, I know, Derek, you're playing mostly deep stack tournaments, the, the deep stack at the Venetian, right? Yeah, I think that's where most of my time will be spent, just because, you know, I, I'm not ba- I'm not backed or rolled for, you know, playing 5K, 6 max events, so, um, and I just think there's a lot of value in those Venetian tournaments. I've played, I've played like four or five of them over the last couple of years, and they're they're fun. It's a really nice poker room. The tournaments are really well run. Um, good staff, you know, all that kind of stuff. So right. I, think it'll be, I think it'll be a fun series, and I think it sounds like a lot of uh, – I know I was talking to Cougars. He's going to be playing over there a lot. It sounds like Casey's going to try to play there quite a bit. So And it pretty much maps to the World Series calendar, right? It starts, like, the day before the World Series starts or right around it? Start yeah, I think, I, I think the day before. 27th, yeah. right. right. And it ends on the 13th. I might even try and play that 5.50 on the 29th, um, even though I don't get in until 11 o'clock. Uh, yeah, you might be able to make it over there. I mean, they've got to have late reg. They have late reg. I think it's two love, two hours, I think. Uh, like, I just want to walk in late anyway and then hear the sigh of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Good game field. <laughs> You just walk in and scream that. <laughs> yeah, the rain. These are these are great because they're mo- there's a lot of three forties and a lot of five fifties. Um, and they're always like forty to fifty k for first. Yeah, right. And you can win one of those. Like you can free roll the whole series. Yeah, yeah. And and they're pretty manageable fields. Too. At least so, um, they might even be bigger this year. I don't know. But the year I played, I think they were getting like you know three fifty to five hundred. Um. Yeah, that's pretty good. Which is, you know, it, it's like it's kind of a field you feel like you could navigate without, you know, having to win 86 flips. Right. And, yeah, no, and make day, you make day two in that, there's, you know, 40 people left. Yeah. Pretty manageable. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, and the structures are are really really good. Um, you know. Yeah, it seems like the the consensus is that in terms of lower buy-in alternatives to the World Series, that 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 structure uh, at the Venetian is definitely the best. Um, there actually are a couple. I've of, never been in the Venetian. Oh, really? It's a nice yeah. one. Yeah, I suspect it'll be kind of like our second home, or I guess our third after our actual home, and then the Rio. Um, but there's also there's also a mega stack series going on at Caesars, uh, sort of basically running the the same days. And there's actually some slightly lower buy-ins. Like they start as low as 120 and go up to like I think 400 or something. Isn't there Aria events as well? I haven't heard about Aria events, but possibly. I will. Let's Google right now. You guys keep talking. Well, I I looked at the structures between the the thousand um, dollar buy-ins at the World Series and the like three forty five fifties and the three forty five fifties at the Venetian just crush them. Um, you yeah. start with twelve k, and the they do move up more ag- aggressively at first. Um, what do you got? Forty five minute levels or something? You got forty minute levels. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you got forty minute levels, and. You you know you start with 12k at 50 100. Um, so already you're starting bigger. You're already yeah you're already starting bigger and they're pretty equal like you get like um, your M is like 80 to start at the Venetian and your M is 60 to start at the at the World Series and then by the time you get to like uh, three hours in your you're you're already beating your your starting stack is your your M if you just had a straight starting stack you know 12k at three hours in you're you're at 150 uh, 150-300-25 at the Venetian so you got an M of 17 and at the World Series you are at 75-150 but because you only start with 3k and you know you're gonna be shallower if you just had a starting stack you'd be at an M of 13 so within right. two hours I think it equalizes at like two and a half hours and then it's way better. And that's at a much lower buy-in. At the right. comparable buy-in, at like the $1,000 Venetian, when your M is 13 at the World Series, your M is 28 at the Venetian. Wow. So it's a huge difference. When do you get in on the 29th, Derek? Uh, I get in, I think I land at 1.30. So you're definitely not playing that 5.30. Yeah, I don't think I'll make it. I mean, I would literally have to, I, I would have to take a cab straight there. Yeah, and then you, no, you're not going to make it because then you have to late, you'll late reg at the very end if you, yeah. If you even get lucky and get there in time. I mean, if I get some sleep on the flight, I I, I think I might just win that one and just start <laughs> off really good. But, I, but you know, I'll definitely, I mean, if you're playing, I will obviously for sure, uh, you know, come over there. I'll be the guy with all the chips in front of him. <laughs> Actually, I land at one. Do you? Yeah. And I assume they're going to register till two. Look at you trying to get in there now, eh? You never know what might happen. Wheels just spinning. If you land at one and they register till two, I do not think you're going to make it there in time. Yeah, I don't either no. because you, probably not. You don't fly into the secret um, terminal. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I will say though that big dog hanger. I will say though that you do get into. I've noticed I get into Vegas early a lot of times, like 20 minutes early or, or half hour early. It doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. So yeah. it's possible because you know it's a you know it's a long flight, so they they give a big estimate. You know, and if you get to catch a good. Tailwind. What do you guys got? Five hour flight. Uh, yeah, about that five five. I have five and a half. I don't know about Derek. You're more. I think mine's right. Ar- I think mine's right around there. Yeah, yeah. mine's five hours to you. Right, right. Why don't you catch an earlier flight, Derek? Um, oh, too, too late. Lazy to, too too lazy to change it. I could probably just go online and see if it's available, but well, they probably charge me more. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, um, 
They only have one tournament there on a, a day? Nope, they have more than one tournament a day. Let's see, on the first day, what would you say, the 29th? Yeah. Um, they only have one, according to this thing you sent me. Yeah, I'm trying to... Well, on the 29th, they say they have 5.50 and day two, 4 p.m. That's day two of the of a two-day event, or yeah. the two-starting day event. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, I see, I see. They have two starting days, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, right. I know, I know uh, Cougars is playing both of those. Day 1A and yeah. day 1B of the 340. Cool. Because he gets in on the 27th. So hopefully he'll have a good stack uh, going in there. So at least if I bust the 550, I'll, I can rail him. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, um, so if any, like we said, that that's what we're looking at playing. Going to be a lot of lot of play at the World Series, a lot of play at the Venetian. We'll be at both. So, you know, hit us up if you guys are going to be in any of those tournaments. Look for TPE patches, and if you want to wear one, just, just stop by. And we love meeting members, so, you know, just anyone who's playing any of those tournaments, just feel free to approach us. Um, I have some questions about – I have some hands for you guys. You want to talk about hands? Might as well squeeze in a little bit of strategy before we <laughs> – <laughs> Wrap this thing up. All right, so I pulled a couple of hands. Let me send you guys the first one. I pulled a couple I of hands. <laughs> I pulled a couple of hands from um, actual live hands from um, TPE members um, that, that TPE members posted. Are uh, any of them Killing Bird? They are not. T- they are not Killing Bird hands. Sorry. They do not have him to sadly to abuse. Um, sure. You had so, in trouble for making fun of KB now. That's right. Someone complained. That. <laughs> I think we talked about that last podcast, right? Someone complained about me making fun of KB. Yeah, we said you guys were too it. hard on me. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, to be honest, I take it easy on you. You're that bad. <laughs> exactly. That's the way I feel. I'm like, I wanted to reply, don't incite him. <laughs> let's, right, uh, look at this hand. So, let's see. Um, this is a live tournament. It's a 72. What is the buy in? Um, it's a $200 euro. But I don't really see how the buy-in matters. What is a... I don't know what that symbol is. The euro. It's confusing. <laughs> what symbol? In the title of the post. Looks like a, oh. It looks like a, a C with a... Oh, yeah, yeah. Looks kind of like a retarded E. <laughs> Shouldn't say the R word. So, all right. So it's a 200 euro. <laughs> 72 players. Um, uh the member says there's 24 players left, uh, nine paid, whatever. Um, it's 1,000, 2,000, and he has, let's see. 13.9. Hero, Hero has 13.9. Now, you know, we are playing live. It's probably an awfully structured event, um, and I think we can confirm this by looking at the stacks around the table. Um, he's got 13.9. Uh, no one's got more than 22. Most people have between you know, somewhere either 10, 11, 12, 14, some got six or seven. So it's one of those, you know, shallow live events. And he goes that under the gun, goes all in for 6,800. So that's, you know, about three and a half big blinds. Yeah. The hero's in the big blind. And he says that the cutoff, um, it falls to the cutoff, and he shows ace-queen off, and, and he calls and shows his ace-queen. Um, and the hero has six seven uh, of clubs. I mean, kind of a weird hand. But knowing what he knows, that he's you know in a flip against this guy with all that overlay, is this something that you guys would play? I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's a it's a fold, but I mean it would be a really sicko play to shove now, knowing yeah. that the small blind shoved Ace Queen, and then suddenly uh, you're getting a fantastic price unless this guy's holding an over pair. Right. Or to, yeah. You know, but I mean, is the guy gonna fold his Ace Queen? But it would be a oh. sicko play. Wait, you know what? I, I I neglected to look at the cutoff stack. The cutoff has 6,800 too, so the cutoff and the undergun both have 6,800. Oh, then I, then it's a snap call for me. Yeah, it's a call, right? Yeah, I mean, he's got the odds. Yeah, it's a, if, if the cutoff has a has 6,800 as well, then I just put in my chips and win the pot. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that the cutoff was so so short too. It wasn't he's not a concern? Okay, it's an interesting spot though. It's an well, awesome. I mean, we all know what you do. You start well, yeah, he, I snap fold. He leave a sweater. <laughs> he clicks fold before it gets to him. That's yeah, right. I wouldn't even have had a decision to make because I would have already pre-checked fold. <laughs> Rent to the bathroom. <laughs> Those buttons were designed for KB. <laughs> all right, next hand is actually from the World Series of Poker, event 36, a 1K. So exactly the hand, the tournaments we were talking about. Um, and I, I – I think this is a good hand to talk about because, um, well, not necessarily uh, because of the, the, the hand itself, um, but because of the, you know, it's exactly what we're talking about here where it's like we're at 5,100. Um, his stack is around 6,000, you know, so he doubled already. But we're, you know, we're, we're, we're already starting to, you know, at least a lot of players around the table are starting to get shallow. Um, so he has ace-king off, under the gun limps. Um, doesn't give stack sizes for the other players, but under the gun limps, under the gun plus one limps, and he raises to 500. Um, everyone folds except for under the gun who calls. Um, the pot is 1.25k. And the flop is queen, six, two uh, rags. And so under the gun, that's 500. So actually, I always kind of try to figure out what to do in these spots. Um, under the gun is at the table for two, three orbits. I think I know what I do here, but what would you guys do here with this guy leading, you know, one third of the pot into us and we have ace king. Uh, how many, missed. The one point piece of information that's imperative to know what to do here is how many chips does under the gun have? Yeah, it doesn't, he doesn't say, um, I mean, if under the gun has like three uh, K in chips, I just ship all my chips in the middle because I would never believe this lead out. And hit the preflop action that we made was so strong that, you know, under the gun's going to fold a lot of hands, including some queens here. If he has, like, queen-jack suited, he may end up just folding here. So I would ship it. But if he has 6K in chips, then I would probably just raise fold. Mm. You know, I would make it, like, uh, 1,400 here and then just fold if he was to ship. But, I mean, it, it really depends on, on how many chips this guy has. If he has 1,000 chips, then i just probably just fold. Right. So it, it's kind of hard to know unless we have all the information. Yeah, it's funny you're saying that because um, uh, Hagbard replied basically hard to say without knowing the villain stack. Um, <laughs> and then well, I mean, oh, he responds seen... later in the thread that he's he, the guy covers him. Oh, he has him covered. Okay, yep. well then for me it's just that, uh, I I wouldn't believe this lead, so I would make it fourteen hundred. And if the guy flatted, well then I'm in position. I see what happens. And if he ships, I would fold. Okay. Makes sense. What happens if you bet here, like, let's say, this is completely moving off of the hand, but this is the spot I find myself in sometimes. You know, let's say we action similar to this. We do exactly this with ace-king and the flop come, but let's say we have ace-king suited and the flop comes queen, six, two, um, and, you know, it, 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 this is the same flop and, and we, we, we 
he checks to us and we bet and we get called. Um, now we're in position, right? And, and we're going to a turn and we whiff the turn. Are we going to barrel here on the turn if we miss again? Are we willing to risk, you know, our stack? And, you know, it's only 6K. So now if we, if we bet here, like, I don't know, into 1.25K, if we see bet, like, what would you see? That's seven or 800 to, to this? Oh, actually, yeah. 600, maybe? 600, There's 1,200 in there, so I probably would have let out, you know, 600 or 500. Right. And then so you're now, saying flat, and then we break the turn, and he checks to us? No, let's say, let's say, let, let me let me rephrase it, because this is, okay. the, this is the kind of thing I always, I, I always find myself in a tough spot. So we have ace-king, same flop, queen-6-2, under-the-gun checks, though, right? Yeah. And just you and under-the-gun, and, and, and he checks, and you bet. Uh, and then under the gun calls you, and then I think under the gun one was in this hand too, but he let's just say he folds, right? So you bet 600. Now the pot is 2,400. Um, your stack at this point is going to be 4,900 or so. Um, yeah. So and he and you, it's the 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 turn is a a whiff and is, is, you know is nothing doesn't none doesn't affect the hand. It's like an eight or something. And now he checks again to you. With 4,900 and 2,400 in the pot, are you going to take another stab at this, or are you just going to give up and preserve your stack because everything is so shallow? Well, if, if I, if, it depends on read here now. If I, if, because of the way you played the hand, my mind would right away be thinking this guy has something like 5-5, five, five. the way he limped under the gun, and then he called, and he tried to set mine me. So then he's just floating just to float. I would almost always two-barrel there because of the hand I put him on. Right. In this particular spot, I would always two-barrel there. Plus, you have over 40 big blinds still, so you can easily make another bet of 10 big blinds and still have 30. So with 2,400 in the pot, you put out like a 1K chip and or, maybe – Yeah, 1,100, you know. 1,100. You, you still have 30 big blinds if he was to call or something. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly the information I'm looking for. So you put another 10, 11, you know. Uh, I mean, I think it's important to put them on a hand. Right. If you're right. putting him on a queen, you you may not want to throw another barrel because you might call. But I don't necessarily have him on a queen um, pre-flop because of the way the hand was played. Right, because he's probably – I mean, what queen is he limp calling? I doubt he's limping king's queen under the gun, you know, like doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, maybe queen jack suited, maybe queen ten suited, but probably not even that. Even that's that, I'm not limping, right? Right, that's tough to – So this is what's going through my mind. So right. I would probably fire a two-barrel for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, he probably most certainly does have, you know, a pair that he doesn't feel good. So that's what that's that's exactly the, the what I'm, I'm looking for here, because I feel like it run into this where you know that they're not strong, um, but people send, tend to just make weird calls. I find live and, you know, if they don't know, you know, they, I mean, I'll gonna... tell you something. If he chat, if he called. Right. If I if I put in eleven hundred and he called and then the turn came or the river came another brick. Yeah. Or paired to board or something, I snap shove all my chips, and like I, I can't see him check calling down the whole way. Yeah, yeah, that's this is exactly what I'm trying to get to. So I mean, it's you got to be brave, right? And now that the thing is though, a lot of people who don't play, you know, one K events for the World Series are just not going to have the guts to do that. That's 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 part of the problem. That's why you have you seen to... my gut. <laughs> I know you have the guts to do that, but a lot of people who play these tournaments don't have the guts to do that. But that's what, kind of what you have to do. Um, that's why I think maybe I think some people who are you know who are going to Vegas just to play like a fifteen hundred dollar event should maybe consider. I'm not trying to like change anybody's plans or take away their shot at fame, but they might be better off playing like five three fifties at the Venetian because I think you're going to play more optimally because you know you have more shots to play again. Yep. Whereas if you're just flying in for like that one $1,500 event, 
You're going to be pretty bummed when you bust, and there's a pretty, like Ween said, there's a pretty high likelihood of busting. I agree with you, though. I agree with you, but remember, if you're a poker player, someone who loves poker, I mean, you do, there is a value uh, in in getting to play a World Series event in your life. Oh, for sure. You know, if you've never played one, you know. It's there's a value in that. It's it's good for the. I think there's value in winning 50k. Like I'm gonna probably play as many Venetian events as I do WSOP events. Right. Yeah. And like okay. I, I'm I'm not considered just like some random like I'm considered you know somebody that you would think would play a lot of WSOP events and just leave the Venetians alone. But I think there's a lot of value over there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you, if you ask me right now, what would I rather have? Um, win a million dollars. This year at the at the series without a bracelet or win 400k with a bracelet, I'll take the million dollars. Oh yeah, every day. You know but what I mean? I the, I'm talking about the people who watch poker on TV all the time, never played a World Series event. They're gonna want. I mean, I think you should play an event at some point in your life if you're. Oh, a, just a big, so they can say you they played it. You mean? It's just the experience. I mean, there's a value in the experience for a non-professional, someone who doesn't do this all the time. There's a value in the experience. Going back and saying you've done it. It's fun for people, but if you do it yeah. once, then I agree with you, Derek. You should probably. Yeah, like I said, I, I would never want to like dissuade anybody from like taking that opportunity to do something. Like, you know, it's like a, it's on your bucket list or whatever. Like you should definitely check it off. Um, but just be sort of mentally prepared for the fact that y- you might bust out in level two. Right. You know, Derek, do you um, have a bucket list? <laughs> not a physically physical written down one, but I guess I have sort of a mental one. God, you're such a loser. <laughs> I mean, that's really good, pal. Thanks. <laughs> One of the items was to spend a summer in Vegas with Big Dog Pocket 5, so I'm going to check that off pretty soon. Uh, Alright, One more hand um, that I want to talk about. Uh, this is a hand that was posted by someone at, at a Foxwood tournament. It was a $120 buy-in, 10K event. Uh, I guess 10K... I don't know if 10K was... Um, guarantee or 10k was a starting stack but um 131 runners 14 paid okay all right so with 131 runners there's 38 players remaining blinds are 1k 2k with a 200 ante um he's been to this table for an orbit and the player to his direct right moved two hands prior no idea on his game um to his right, and that's not relevant to the hand though. Um, he goes. He was. He had 22k at you know 1k, 2k, but at, you know once again in these like 120 dollar buy-ins in these you know local <laughs> casinos, that's that's not that's probably kind of right around average, probably or maybe a little under. Um, it folds to the small blind. He says the new players. So that's who he must have meant the guy to his left. Um, it folds to the small blind. He's in the big blind. Folds to the small blind. And he, the guy opens for 6K with a 27K stack behind. And he says that earlier in the orbit, he decided he was going to shove on any cutoff button, small blind range against medium stacks with any two cards. And he followed through with his plans. Um, this and his reminds, hand, me, reminds me so much of that KB hand from a couple podcasts ago. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. W- refresh, I don't remember which one. Where, I, where basically I had decided I was shoving over this guy who had been raising a lot, no matter what I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had, and I had like nine, seven off or something. And he had right. Two so the guy had two kings. The guy. Yeah. Had... So the one time KV finally mans up, he gets, <laughs> he runs into something, and now he'll never do it again. Great. Exactly. I'm gun shy. <laughs> so here, and this is different because it's live. Um, the guy opens for six K, and he has twenty seven K behind. 
I mean, people definitely fold with twenty seven, you know, twenty seven k behind stack, you know, uh, probably a lot. Um, are you guys shoving here? He's got a queen nine in the big. First line. of all, never make that shove on the big dog because I'll break my arm off getting it in calling. Oh yes, we know that. So he says the guy was moved to his right two hands prior, no idea on his game. So he doesn't really. I mean, it's, the guy is on his left. He he wrote that wrong, but he has no idea about the guy's game. But just against a random, not not the big dog. We know the big dog. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems pretty bad to me. Bad? What's bad? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the guy has no information. He's just deciding that when the guy raises with, you know, 14 big blinds, he, the guy 3Xs with 14 big blinds, he decides to shove his stack with very minimal fold equity with queen 9 right. and no information. Seems pretty bad. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's the difference between this hand and my hand is that the guy that I shoved down with nothing had been raising every single time. Yeah. And, and this guy had literally just sat down, so I would just... I would be hesitant to jam on him because you just don't know anything about him. He might have not played a hand in seventy hands, for all we know. Yeah, like, and sorry, I'm not. I'm not trying. Like, I, I hate picking on a member. I'm not saying, but it just seems like this doesn't seem like the ideal spot to be making this move with zero yeah. information, very little fold equity. Uh, it just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so and he's shown that he's been a bit aggressive or whatnot, and his brace size was consistently at three x. Then there's more information to maybe consider a jam, but I just think, like... At that point, I'd probably like the jam. Right. Yeah, if you're if you're just deciding you're in a shove without any information, I just don't think... I mean, you have to see what the information's available to you before you act on it. Yep. And, um, I mean, the, the, the what you guys just brought up was exactly um, his question. He asked, was this a bad idea against a new player with no information? And so that's the key point here, is that... Oh, that's we, what he's asking. Well, then yeah. he kind of knows that it was a bad idea, I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, he, you know, results-wise, the guy had king-queen, and so, you know, he posted if he if it, if, if it didn't affect him, he never would have posted it, right? If nothing bad happened, probably he never would have posted it. But, you know, he he knows that once he know, realizes, once he lost, he's, like, you know, trying to rationalize what he did wrong, and he probably goes going right to that. No information, probably a bad thing to do. Yeah, yeah with no information and no FE, it just seems bad. Yep. Because yep. I think a good percentage of the time you're going to get called, and you're going to be dominated uh, uh, at least you know a lot of the times, or at the most be you know seventy thirty or th- you know what I'm saying. So right. I, I mean it seems pretty bad to me because I don't think this guy's folding a lot. If he like Queen says, if he's been three xing and trying to own the table and been quite aggressive, then I actually kind of like the shot. Right. Because if the guy's been getting away with a lot, he's not going to want to call off a lot of his stack when he knows he can continue to fold this one and then rape the table. So with no information, I think it's pretty bad. With a lot of information, I think it's an absolutely fine job. Right. And, you know, another thing is live, you're going to get more information than you would get playing online. Um, You know, you could just observe what they're doing, how they're, you know, are they, you know, you get a little bit more about, you know, if, if this is some Internet kid or something, would that change your thinking or, like, the way they're dressed or just the way they handle themselves at the table? I don't know about the way he's dressed or anything like that, but, I mean, no, I don't think any of that changes my decision. Unless I've actually picked up some information on how he's played a few pots, then I don't think any of that would really change my decision. Makes sense. Okay. Especially, uh, yeah, if he has more FE, I can kind of dig it, but he just doesn't have enough to me. Cool. All right, all right, cool. Well, good Excellent. Well, I guess uh, time to wrap it up. So, Casey, John, thanks for joining us today. 
I'm going to see Bye. you guys in the World Series next, guys. Yeah, Casey, I'll see you in uh, four days. Sounds and, John, good. I'll see you uh, shortly after that. Sounds good, boys. Have a good one. Right. Take it easy. Adios. All right. Later, guys. Thank you. See you. Hey guys, this is Killing Bird from Tournament Poker Edge, here to let you know about a brand new podcast we are launching called Tournament Poker Edge Live. This podcast will be recorded live at poker events around the world, starting with this summer's World Series of Poker. Tournament Poker Edge Live will feature interviews, pro analysis, live hand discussions, strategy, trip reports, and a ton more direct from the events. This will not replace the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. These podcasts will be shorter, but will also be rolled out on a much more regular basis when we are at an event. So subscribe now, and feel free to let us know what you would like to see included on upcoming episodes of Tournament Poker Edge Live. Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Special thanks to Big Dog and Ween for stopping in to give us a little bit of uh, insight uh, on the World Series before they... Head out there. I know they're both busy in, in preparations, just like we are. So uh, definitely appreciate their time today. That house is going to be very interesting to live in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're probably right. Yeah. We'll, uh, oh my God, uh, Twist is coming too, and Charlie and Sean. It's going to be very very interesting. Do you know if Ryan's coming out? I mean, I know he's, he can't he can't play, but is he coming out? I guess he probably would have come out if it was online, right? Just to hang out with us and, and play, but maybe not. Yeah, I bet if, if if he could have played online, he would have yeah. for sure come. But he actually did ask me not that long ago if if there would be space for him if he wanted yeah. to come out just to visit for like yeah, a, I mean, he a few days or he something. So. To see him. Yeah, hopefully, so hopefully he'll come out. Um, okay. He 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 tends to just kind of roam around and yep. travel, so I wouldn't be shocked if he just sort of last second said, "I'm going to get on a plane and fly to Vegas." Yep, yep. It makes so sense. Hopefully he will. Cool. Um, well, that was yeah, de- very interesting. Yeah, definitely an interesting conversation. I thought it was uh, especially interesting just talking about structures, and I thought yeah. it was pretty cool that uh, the analysis you did on on comparing some of those tournaments, because I think a lot of times people just look and they go, oh, well, I get 15,000 chips in this one, but I only get you know yeah. 5,000 in this one to start, and they just automatically assume that one must be better than the other. But right. uh, well, I, I think the process you went through is really what people should be looking at. In this case... That would be the right analysis because, in this case, the the, the Venetians not only have, um, you know, not only do the blinds slow down at a you know decelerate or accelerate at a slower rate. Um, uh, actually, that's not true. They they actually I'm looking at my spreadsheet. They actually move a little bit faster um, in the in the smaller tournaments, um, and they actually. The blinds move relatively similar in the bigger tournaments because the blind levels are shorter. It's just mm-hmm. that in this case, you actually do start with more chips. It's funny. The, 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 the right. It's a little, little bit true. Um, you know, like I'll, I'll give you an example. I just pulled it up really quickly um, during the conversation so we didn't get too deep into it, but I'll give you a better a better idea of, of what we're talking about here. So, um, you know, the 340 and 550s of the Venetian are the same structure. They are 12,000 chips to start, and they are 40-minute levels um and you know that's the shallowest structure they have right um right so they 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 move a little uh, faster um 
the actual actually the one Ks and the one point five Ks actually are sixty minute levels. So that's something I, I neglected to mention. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So those move slower, um, and they move at the same pace pretty much um, as the WSOP. Um, not blind level for blind level, but you know, hour hour for hour. But you start with so many more chips there that that it's 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 good. And then as you get deeper, um, the, the the blind levels have, they have like slightly more levels than the uh, actually it looks like about the same levels. Um, but 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 you have so many more chips that it's it makes a difference. So the three forties and five fifties, you start with twelve K, um, they're forty minutes, so you know, let's compare that to a you know, a one K from the World Series is one of the comparisons we just made. Um, you know, it, you, you, they start at shallower um level, the, the the blinds are bigger to start, but you know, it, by the time you get to hour number four um, where blinds are three six with the fifty ante, um, you will be comparatively you'll have you'll have about nine an M of nine um, if you have the starting stack. So you know right. if you have twelve K at three six, you have twenty big blinds, right? Yeah. And you have an M of eight point eight. Um, similarly you have in the three K you have blinds of one two with no ante. Um and with a 3K stack, if you had starting stack, you'd have a, you'd have you know an M of 10 and big blinds of 15. Um, but the M is more important here because you know the antes do make a difference. So that's where so looking at it a little deeper, that's where it starts to you know level off um, because then the World Series you know you you drop down much faster. Um, it's actually it's actually pretty close, but so you're getting for a thousand dollars, you're getting the same experience that you have for three hundred dollars at the Venetian. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, it's a little better with the fifteen hundred dollar tournament. Um, the fifteen hundred dollar tournament at the World Series is better structured than the three hundred or the five hundred at the Venetian. Um, even though you start with forty five hundred chips instead of twelve, there's more levels, you know, in the World Series, and it's hour hour long. So it, it is a little better. Um, yeah. Than the Venetian, you know, three hundred or five hundred. But if you compare, you know. A thousand at the Venetian to a thousand at the uh, World Series. It's a huge difference. Let me give you an example. So after three hours um, at the Venetian, because now we're hour levels, right? After right. Three hours at the Venetian. You start with fifteen hundred, fifteen thousand chips now, right? So it's more, and it's and it's this, it's it's hour long blinds. So blind levels. So after three hour, after when you reach the two hour mark, you have an M of fifty. At 100, 200, and at the World Series, you have an M of 20. And that's just after hmm. two hours, you know? Yeah. Um, even after an hour, I mean, you start with an M of 100, and World Series, you start with an M of 60, so it's actually right from the beginning. Um, right. And then when you get to, like, hour, you know, five, where it's 200, 400 at the Venetian, just with a starting stack, you'd have an M of 18. You know, cause think about it. A starting stack is 1,500. You're nearly 40 big lines. At the World Series, when you hit the you know, the sixth hour, your M is five. So it's it's a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. And then when you go to the 1500, um, it's even more so because you start with 20K. I mean, you start with 20K with the same levels pretty much as the World Series where they're starting with 3K. <laughs> so, and it's even crushing the, the, you know, the 1500. So for those of you who are in a smaller bankroll, um, if, you know, you know, you got a way, we talked about it with the pros. If you want to, 
win a bracelet, you're going to have, you know, you're, you're, you may be done much quicker. You're not going to get as much play for your money um, in those smaller World Series tournaments. Yeah. But, yeah, if you're just looking – if you're looking for the absolute best value or the chance to play the, mo- the most poker you can – then uh, you might want to consider something like the Venetian Deep Stacks. Yep, yep, good stuff. So, very cool. Um, right on. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with Tournament Poker Edge. Yep. Um, so video-wise, um, I mentioned in the first segment that um, uh, mentioned Halo X and PLO. Um, we just put up uh, last week his part two of his PLO, and, uh, and, and there'll be a part three down the road. Um, we have... Some a Bulldog series that just went off for um, for uh, Cougars did a Bulldog series. Um, Hagbard will be doing a series on Lock and uh, Cake, or actually Broadway Tables, which is on the Cake Network. And we have started a series with a brand new pro, um, Bourbon for the Win, a very successful online player. Um, it's won the Sunday warm-up. It's got second place in the Brawl, final table in the F-Tops 300R, um, and finished second in a WSOP circuit event, uh, circuit main event. Um, he's making videos now for TPE, and his first video is off to rave reviews. Um, so, And he plays a hyper-aggressive style. It's really interesting to watch. Yeah, it seemed – I've only watched his first video so far, but it definitely seemed good. But I, I know Ween had mentioned that he's, like, super aggro, which I think uh, we'll probably see more later in the video than we see that for you – know, in later parts of the series than we did in the first part. So Yeah, it's a five-part or so, you know. It's, yeah. It's, it's got some time to go before he, he gets into that zone. I'm um, in the first part. It's a 300 rebuy, so it is a rebuy period, too, so – Right. Um, I've actually consciously stopped watching videos now because I want them for the flight to Vegas. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah. I'm kind of getting backed up on purpose. So. Right. <laughs> right, right. And then we also have, um, I think this, this is really getting good reviews too. Um, you and Ween did a reverse stick it to the man where he did a hand history review with you of his 750k final table that he just recently had. Yeah. And, um, and you were, you know, the guy asking the questions and talking about things and, um, people loving that one too. So that's, that's a really interesting series. So it's a good time for, for content right now that we, we have a lot of good stuff going on. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. We're yeah. happy with the content production right now. For sure. And then, uh, I also wanted to just let, uh, or give everybody a reminder about the tournament poker edge workshop that we have going on uh, in Vegas on June 10th. Uh, already got a bunch of people signed up for that, but if uh, if you're coming into Vegas around June 10th and you want to hit that up, um, just visit the forums or drop us an email or get in touch with us via PM or any other way. Yeah. Um, still got room for, you know, like I mentioned in the forum, we, want, we don't want it to get too packed. Like We want it to be pretty hands-on, so we're probably going to limit it to probably 10 or less, but we probably got room for about two more people, maybe three more people. So yep. definitely hit us up if you want to uh, attend to that. And then uh, the other big news that we're uh, we're really excited about, which people actually heard a commercial for before this segment, is the uh, the new podcast we're rolling out called Tournament Poker Edge Live, which I think is going to be very very cool. Absolutely. It, yeah, and, and um, you know, I'm stressing to everybody that this doesn't mean that this podcast is going away. This uh, this will continue on, but uh, the Tournament Poker Edge Live is really going to be more of I want to say a little less formal yeah. of a podcast. Um, you know, we're all going to be in Vegas hanging out. We figured it was a great opportunity to, to, to give people some more listening for their, uh, for the dollar. So yep. we're going to, uh, yeah, we're going to make some 
some podcasts out there that you know are a little more fun and laid back, and we'll, we'll have some interviews and we'll we'll have some gossip and some news, and basically we'll, we'll sit down, we'll throw the the mics on, and we'll just whatever we feel like doing that day, we'll do. So uh, I think people will dig it. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, you know, I think more stuff is good um, since people are going to be around each other. We'll just be able to we'll have more stuff to talk about. We'll have more content, um, and we'll be updating on what everyone's doing. And hopefully, we have some huge final tables to talk about. <laughs> That's really what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think people like to hear what pros are up to when they're out in Vegas for two months playing the World Series. You know, I think I think it's interesting, and I think it'll be it'll be really cool to just sort of get in this get in a sort of inside peek uh, at what at what the World Series is all about for two months. Yep, absolutely. So. Should be cool. Yep. Anything else before we uh, wrap this up? Nope. I am ready to roll. I want to get get into the, some tournaments. I want to. I want to. I want to make a final table. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, thanks uh, to our pros again for stopping in. And by the time we do our next podcast, we will uh, we'll be out in Vegas. So until then, thanks again. This has been the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. See ya. Love it, it's not rough, it isn't fun, fun Oh, whoa, whoa.